Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Heather Uncensored. Hello, hello. Come on in, Ethel and Sylvie. Oh my gosh, is that one of Penny's pies? Oh, yes, it is. It's pumpkin, of course. Everything organic. Wanted to celebrate you having on Dr. Peter Bregan since he influenced you, your practice, 35 years ago? Well, how did you know that? I think you have told me many times. Do you hear that wind? Oh my gosh, it's so wonderful when it rains in Los Angeles and the wind is so strong. Well, let's get back to the pie, shall we? I mean, it's made according to Weston A. Price criteria, you know, with real organic cream from the Amish and real butter. You know, they also have buttermilk. Well, you know, it's so important to have the abundant fat-soluble vitamins in you know, these traditional foods. So everybody who you don't know, if you don't know uh, Weston A. Price, he was in the early 19th century. Um, he was a Canadian dentist and he went around the world and he developed his theories about nutrition and health and teeth uh, care. And he ended up, it's called the Wise Traditions Diet. And it really does, it's, it's you know, um, Ethel's right is that it's so important to be eating butter and to have these abundant fat-soluble vitamins. I know it's going to hit people who are vegan. Um, oh, we can't have that. But, you know, for us who have had even autoimmune diseases and different things, I think this diet is incredible. Of course, everybody's individual. And don't get mad at me for saying that it's not vegan. I'm mostly vegan, but I do love butter. And um, I, uh, anyway, so you don't need to know what I eat. In any case... If you want to learn more about it, they actually have an annual conference. It's in Tennessee this year. You can go to westonaprice.org. So Ethel and Sylvie, I have some tea for you here. You can just settle in. But can we eat the pie later? Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, well, yes. I can't wait to get to hear what Dr. Bregan has to say. Okay, good. Because he is a hero of mine. And we'll just get started. I am so excited to introduce you to the extraordinary Ginger Ross Bregan and to Dr. Peter R. Bregan, psychiatrist. He has been my hero for 35 years, uh, beginning with his book, Toxic Psychiatry, but they have also both written um, Talking Back to Prozac. And we are gonna introduce his unbelievable book. The book that you should all be reading absolutely is COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. It is an extraordinarily researched book, and welcome, and I'm going to give you their bios in a second, but I just want to welcome both Ginger and Peter, and it is such an honor to have you both here. Well, I'm here by myself as usual, because my wife skedaddled the middle, it looked like she was going to have to say something. Oh, See, no. We're still, we're still working together on her <clears throat> doing stuff with me after 40 years on the air. And in fact, we're going to have our own radio show as a couple starting in March um, in two weeks on uh, America Out Loud. Isn't that great? And it's going to be us both on, um, it's going to be, uh, gosh, Thursday nights at 5 p.m. every week. 
So she's got to be there and just talk and uh, interchange. I mean, I, my ideas over the last 40 years have been um, inseparable from her ideas and vice versa. We talk for hours sometimes a day about what goes on in the world. Right. And um, I didn't know you thought she was coming on today, but she's here in spirit. Okay, that's great. Well, one day I'm going to meet her. I can't wait to. So let me, um, let me read your bio, the short one. <laughs> um, a lifelong reformer called the conscious of psychiatry for his criticism of biological psychiatry and his advocacy for effective, empathic, and ethical forms of psychological, educational, and social approaches to emotional and psychological distress. He graduated from Harvard College with honors and his psychiatric training included a teaching fellowship at Harvard Medical School. He then became a full-time consultant at the National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH. Since then, he has taught at several universities, including Johns Hopkins, George Mason, the University of Maryland, as well as the Washington School of Psychiatry. He has been a medical expert in over 100 trials, many related to scientific issues in this book, and is now an expert in COVID-19 cases. He has authored 70 scientific articles, plus many medical books and bestsellers, including Talking Back to Prozac with his wife, Ginger Bregan. So again, welcome to Dr. Bregan, to Peter. And I have to say, just to start, before we get into your book, the book that was so influential for me when I started my practice was Toxic Psychiatry. Nobody was talking about that kind of thing. And I just have to thank you from the bottom of my heart for those words of just talking about compassion and basically drugless psychiatry, using love and all the things that we know that really do heal. So yeah, thank you for being my hero. <laughs> thank you oh, for God being bless you. a mentor. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It's just, I'm so excited. You have no idea how excited I am to, to talk to you. Okay, well, let's start with your extraordinary book that you wrote with your wife, Ginger. And I want to just give Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s um, I really liked what he said about it. He said, no other book than COVID-19 and the global, sorry, and the global predators so comprehensively covers the details of COVID-19 criminal conduct, conduct, as well as its origins in a network of global predators seeking wealth and power at the expense of human freedom and prosperity under cover of false public health policies. And I think that is it's just it's a good it's good short little description because the book is so extraordinary your research with ginger i mean i just love this book i think it is the most important book for people to read right now and it just tells you everything and you're also up to date with what's going on yesterday or today and i'd love you to share that before we go on into your book well, uh, our book will help understand a lot of the politics that goes on. And yesterday, as we were getting ready for bed, and I probably was too sleepy to really uh, grasp it all, Ginger said to me, you've got to see this. We're sitting across from each other, chatting, uh, getting ready for to go to bed. It's about 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and she says, uh, she says to me, uh, Joe Biden has just talked to a group of business leaders 
and said that uh, the new world order is out is here and we've got to lead it. And um, she pulled down the uh, transcript from uh, from what he was saying. And um, here here is a quote from him. He says, we're at, this is Joe, we're at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy, not just the world economy, the world that occurs every three or four generations. And he then explained, now is the time when things are shifting and there's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the world in doing it. Wow. Now, this is um, an incredible statement, of course. And uh, one of the first thoughts, you know, is, uh, you know, who in the world is he talking to? These are some bunch of jokers, maybe a, a round table of scholars or, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon uh, talk show. And um, it's not. He's talking to the business round table. Now, who is the business round table? They are members of, uh, they are, no, they are all chief executive officers. Every one of them is a CEO of a leading U.S. company. Wow. And here's what they say about themselves. And they use the word collectively, which is a key about the new world order. They're already there. Collectively, they represent every sector of the economy and bring a unique and important perspective to bear on policy issues that impact the economy. Roundtable members are thought leaders advocating for policy solutions that foster U.S. economic growth and competitiveness. So this is a very powerful group he's speaking to. And then I thought to myself, all right, where were these people in COVID-19, because they sound like they're New World Order people. And my gosh, it takes me about 10 seconds to go further down their website and to find that um, they supported the whole, role, quote, rollout of COVID-19 vaccines, increased vaccine uptake and encourage individuals to continue to wear masks and take other precautions as vaccine effort is under the way, underway. And uh, they're for masking and socially um, distancing and becoming vaccinated when eligible. And they so, have no medical background. No, COVID's not about anything medical. No, Never I know. Was. You know yes. what I mean? I know yeah, you of course. know. I know you know. But, uh, <laughs> it's not about anything. Bill Gates is not a physician. No. Bill Gates is a guy who decided uh, maybe two decades ago that, that with all his billions, there was an entire market he could take control over, or at least big segments of it, and that was healthcare. that there was no other real healthcare emperor. Right. And um, that he could do this. I mean, it wasn't the military industrial complex that was so deeply rooted or the banking industry that might just uh, look down their noses at him. This was something he could buy. And he went about buying the influence in the journals and the uh, associations, even even in the uh, many of the nations in their FDA like agencies. And he he bought influence at our CDC contributing to their. Um, um, uh, pri the fund where, where businesses can, can, can give money to them. Um, and, and then in 2010, he announced the decade of the brain, uh, 
That's 10 years before, not brain, excuse me. That was an earlier one, an, an earlier boondoggle, the decade of the vaccine. Right. The, the decade of the brain was the psychiatric boondoggle. This is the, which I was so familiar with and right. took on, but this is the decade of the vaccine 10 years earlier. He already 10 years earlier has Fauci on his uh, vaccine consultation board along with about five or six other globalists, including two people from the UN who play a very important role in all this, the UN. Um, and he's working early on with the World Health Organization. He creates something called CEPI, which is a vaccine preparedness organization in 2015 and 16. CEPI becomes the organizer of COVID-19 in 2015-16. They had to capture an organization, a U.S. department agency called VARDA. VARDA is the Agency for Vaccine Preparedness. That's not Fauci's NIAID, it's VARDA. It was set up by the um, Emergency Use Authorization Legislation, which empowered which Congress empowered the executive branch to give billions of dollars to selected um, manufacturers of drugs and manufacturers of vaccines to rush them through in warp speed. They don't say that in a warp speed platform. All of this developed way ahead of time. And in fact, the master plan of Bill Gates has something in it so extraordinary that I took a picture of it and put it in the book. And this is from a, this picture that's in the book is from a power slide, a, um, a slide that was uh, made by CEPI, the Gates organization. It's supported by Fauci, it's supported by Klaus Schwab, supported by the UN, supported by the drug companies, supported by lots and lots of money. And um, so the CEPI organization, um, says to the World Health Organization in a presentation that uh, basically we're gonna divide up the world with the coming pandemic and uh, we're, we're gonna handle all the money ends and all the production ends and you're gonna handle controlling the medical community, getting them to do what we need to have them do. And as a part of our agreement, and he talks about the agreement he has with who, and uh, the fact that it is um, actually a written agreement, we haven't been able to get a hold of it. Um, it's called a Memorandum of Understanding, which um, UN agencies and other kinds of organizations use as a kind of a, of a contract, not quite a contract, but an agreement. And in our agreement, and, and all the, they in the agreement, they have a section that says that the drug companies will have no losses in preparation for the pandemics. Right. That when the pandemics hit, the uh, drug companies will be paid, and the payee is you and me, it's gonna be the government, sure. gonna be paid uh, for all expenses, direct and indirect. And then we trace that back to where it's said twice in the CEPI preliminary marketing plan for the first time ever. We found the WHO, the presentation to WHO, and then the backup, which is the, um, the actual uh, marketing plan for Bill Gates, finished in 2016 with the help of Fauci, 
with the help of uh, the man who became the head of Barter, Rick Bright. Um, it's just an extraordinary uh, job of planning and taking charge that they did very openly, uh, but with nobody bothering to look. I mean, as soon as I started looking, it was just unbelievable what we found. So I just want to interrupt for a second. Is, is page 233 correct? That SEPI objectives? Yeah, that, well, I wouldn't know. I'd have to open the book. Oh, yeah, no, okay. So it is. It's page two. I just want to make it. Step Listen, page two. When, I read, when I read this book, I feel like um, the muse did it. Exactly. I know that feeling. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm looking at it. And, it's um, unbelievable. This book has just got everything it, in it. It's just mind-blowing. And the, um, you know, the page is 231. 231? And the top of it, big page, it says Seppi Principles. Okay, so the page before that, SEPI principles, and then SEPI objectives is on the next page. Yeah, and under SEPI principles, it says operating, and the first operating yeah. principle is with a vast, with a you know a kind of a, a bullet. It's a bullet point. Yeah. No loss. Right. Colon. Vaccine developers should be reimbursed for their direct and indirect costs. And that includes any. Uh, so, you know, side effects or deaths, correct? Just as it was in 1986 with VAERS. Well, I mean, with the vaccines, no. Yeah, well, they don't. They don't have any costs for deaths because that's already been taken care of because the federal government's vaccine um, courts. Yes, that pay. Yeah. So that's already been taken care. Of. They don't have to worry oh, about okay, that yes. one. Okay. No, this is for their pouring. Of that. That's right. If they spend yeah. a billion bucks on the preparations, the government has to pay them back indirect costs. I mean, that's like, whoa. That's just never ending. That's never ending. And who yeah. defines it? Jeez. And then they go ahead and they say that if there is an excess profit, which they don't define, Seppi's going to skim the top off of it. So it's going to come back to the Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab fund, not back to the people who have funded wow. it, these citizens. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like such a brazen ripoff. So brazen, just doing it. So we really need to, this is one of the questions I was going to say, why is it so important for people to really understand what liberty is about and medical freedom? And here we go. Yeah. What Joe Biden just said, and with all of this, it happened. We see the new world order is not just in charge of healthcare; it's in charge of the wars. Right. It's in charge of a big agriculture. It's a big banking. Yeah. And we hint at that the book, but what the book gives you is an understanding of how the new world order, which we call the global predators, right, and which. Uh, Fauci and uh, not Fauci, but Schwab and others uh, redefined as the Great Reset. The Great Reset is just a cover word, a replacement word for the New World Order. It's these exactly. partnerships between corporations and governments that are considered fascism. In fact, in, when, um, when the UN agreed to support back in 2012, they agreed to support the... Um, uh, the uh, um, decade of the vaccines with these partnerships with big industry, uh, several progressive, really left-wing groups said, this isn't what our UN is. This is fascism. This isn't right. progressivism. It's not Marxism. It's fascism. Fascism, absolutely. 
uh, definition of fascism is you know these government partnerships with big business, right? Yeah, and that's a lot of what Hitler did too. Um, but it also has a socialist aim in it. They, you know, they're going to claim to share the wealth and all that stuff, uh, but they never do. It's the right. elites that always skim it off, whether it's a communist China or it's Nazi Germany or it's the USSR yeah. or the US. Well, I'm learning more and more as how the US elites have been skimming off and keeping America Absolutely. down, Absolutely. just suppressing the heck. It's been a big deal for us to realize this, by the way. Yeah. We have yeah. not thought about these things. And, until two, three years ago when this started. Uh -huh. I had not, I had looked at the uh, hugeness of the corruption within the pharmaceutical industry, but mostly limited to psychiatric drugs. I kind of had this, this uh, delusion, like all delusions to sort of help me not be scared of the real things in life. Uh, and right. the delusion was that it's, uh, look, corruption with the pharmaceutical industry and psychiatry is worse than any place else because uh, psychiatry has no scientific basis, so they have to make up one. It gets especially corrupt. But it's funny, just a, a, a few months before COVID-19, I started to realize the vaccine interest industry might be even more corrupt. Right. And I actually wrote a scientific article, not um, an anti-vax article, an article for a major journal, the International Journal of Risk and Safety in Medicine, on uh, looking at the measles vaccine and looking at the uh, allegations that it was causing autism and realizing that that was another cover story that right. and uh, because it's not causing autism the vaccines are causing neurological brain damage call it for right. what it is yeah yeah and, and autism is a right. behavioral disorder yeah. it's a it's it a disorder. It's psychosocial. It doesn't yeah. come from brain damage. There's never been any evidence that autism is a brain disease, any more than depression or anxiety or brain diseases. No known biochemical imbalances. They're human conditions, I believe. Uh -huh. It's hard, you know. The, the evidence, the evidence is very strong that it's not biologic, and it's pretty strong that it comes out of the earliest nurturing uh, relationships. The absence of good nurturing. So I said, that's a big mistake. And it's allowed the drug companies to dismiss it and just say, oh, no MMRI and the measles vaccines, they don't cause autism. Uh, they don't cause anything. That, right. And then they add that on. They don't even discuss the vast literature on brain damage from the measles. I know it's extraordinary that they don't, isn't it? I mean, they just want to make money. That's, That's what's it. so, and I was so innocent too, in terms of when I wrote my book, Surviving a Viral Pandemic Through the Lens of a Naturopathic Medical Doctor, it was like, I talked about the Flexner Report, but I didn't talk about all these things that you have in your book, because I was like, well, they're not really intentionally, but then I've been so aware of the vaccines for years, it's just all started to come together, and oh my God, this is really happening. And just like you said yesterday with what Biden said, they really want to go forward. And that's why it's so important for me that you're talking to people and your book is absolute must read for absolutely every American and Canadian. So I grew up in Canada. Um, citizen to read to become informed because we have a big fight ahead of us. And we really need to understand who who's doing the good thinking like you guys, you know? So... Um, let me ask you, why do you believe the pandemic was planned years before it came? 
Well, I've been already answering that question. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But if you were to just say it in one sentence. Um, well, the, the planning was actually introduced a decade earlier as the decade of the vaccine, and Bill Gates made it exactly one decade, and we have the vaccine. Yeah. And there is so much evidence for planning that it's unbelievable. For uh, one thing, they were lying when they said they were preparing uh, for the coronavirus because uh, the coronavirus was, the, you know, was so at risk for causing pandemics. So they're planning on the coronavirus as early as 2017 by name. Yeah. They're planning yeah. for the coronavirus. We have that documented in the book. Not 2020, as most people think, just a few months beforehand. No, yeah. three or four years beforehand, they're planning on the coronavirus. Yeah. And um, and yet we knew that was a deadly, uh, the vaccines didn't work. We knew that it was going to be practically impossible to make a, any kind of a, any any kind of a vaccine for coronaviruses has never worked before. There are coronavirus illnesses in animals and so on. They're having a terrible time making any any uh, for it, but they went ahead and they invested tons of billions of dollars in the coming pandemic. And then something that I don't know how it's escaped so many people, I couldn't believe when I found it, 10 days before Trump took office, and Trump was the biggest threat to globalism and totally unexpected, right. because he actually was coming out and saying in his campaign i'm against globalism the Koch brothers give all this money to uh, republican uh, uh name only uh, to these fake republicans who are globalists they're globalists nice people he said this is <laughs> really nice people but uh but they're globalists and i don't care if they don't support me i'm for america i'm for patriotism i'm for building up our own country and i you know other countries should do the same um so they, they uh, 10 days beforehand, they have this uh, plan for a while, this big Georgetown University um, program sponsored by uh, Georgetown, but also sponsored by Harvard uh, University Public Health. And the guy they have speaking is a man named Ja. I haven't talked about this on the radio or television yet. Ja has recently been appointed by... Uh, the president to be head of the Coronavirus Commission. Ja is a disgusting human being. He's one of the few people that I just come down on personally in the book. Is I'm that so spelled the way it sounds? J-A. 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 That's a and first name? I forget. It's another okay. funny name. Okay, and, I'll find um, that. The reason I go after Ja is because he got up remote to attack Senator Johnson and his committee with these marvelous, marvelous doctors on it, like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Reich from uh, Harvard, and a bunch of other really top docs talking about how they could cure these COVID diseases with early treatment with hydroxychloroquine. And Ja gets up. Um, he was at Brown University. He was at the Harvard, and he was going to go on to Brown, and now he's the head of the uh, of of, of um, Joe's uh, coronavirus group, and he goes on to call these doctors basically liars that the, that uh, and so on and so forth. The treatments don't work, and he and he himself lies about the studies, and he's never even treated anybody with exactly. COVID. Right, he's just right. an evil man. 
And I apologize really for getting so personal. I don't even, I don't even talk about Fauci that way, although I have four chapters. On how <laughs> right. evil he okay, is. I'll talk about because Ja really, he really ticked me off attacking some of the most dear, brave human beings on the face of the earth yeah. and doing it remote, like, you know, because they can't stand up to him and doing it like he's an expert. And he's knows nothing about COVID. I mean, he's got an expert panel he's attacking. Exactly. So, um, but I got a little lost here in what I was going to tell you. So Ja is there at this conference. And remember, 10 days before the inauguration of Trump and um, uh, Fauci announces to this group of international people in the field of pandemics that we are certainly and definitely going to have a pandemic in um, the during the administration of um, Trump. And he calls it a surprise, like a surprise party. But right. if he's giving a surprise party, he knows about it. Exactly. He's and, then, and then Ja says the same thing. Right. And then uh, very similar in a workshop at the same thing, at the same program. And the other side of it is um, the how it was released. I mean, we did not want to conclude that the Chinese intentionally released it. And the Chinese are part of this thing that um, that uh, Joe Biden's talking about, that the new world order is here. Remember that, that Biden has very corrupt family relationships with China. China is a part, a deep part of this new world order. Correct. And of course, they've got a huge hold on Biden. I mean, they can put out these pictures that nobody gets to see of, you know, their son with little girls, their son smoking the dope, their son, uh, you know, having sex and God knows what else is in the uh, the uh, um, all, all the stuff that was on his uh, computer that was captured right. because he left it somewhere in a uh, you know, he, pawned, he pawned it in a drunken, I guess, probably a drug state that a man like him would pawn, any, pawn anything private. So they're all in this together. And uh, Trump is such a threat to the Chinese Communist Party. He's the right. biggest threat to them. Uh, everybody in the global community, like Bill Gates and Michael Bloomberg and uh, the World Health Organization and the UN and China all expect China to overtake the US very quickly in the next five or so years. Uh -huh. And then comes Trump, and that's the end of that. Uh -huh. Instantly, Trump starts fulfilling his promises because he doesn't, he, he really lets us down around COVID 19. Right. That's a complex story, right. but he does. He lets us down around COVID 19 desperately. But he is standing up to China. China is getting crushed. Yes. Yeah, so, absolutely. So China claims that this thing came out of nature um, through a, um, a wet market. And in fact, the, the nearest source of, of any kind of bat material is hundreds of miles away. There's no connection whatsoever to the wet markets. And they don't even have bats at the wet markets. And uh, that is demonstrated through people f talking from Wuhan about what the wet market was. I have that in the book. And in fact, they then destroy the wet market and you know, clean the to down to bare earth so nobody can find out what it wasn't. Right. And the fact that I turned up 
even though it was there for everybody and then I formulated. And again, it was like a shock. Each step is a shock. Wait a minute. I'm seeing this. Why is nobody else saying it? There are no known proven spontaneous emergences of SARS-CoV viruses from nature. But there are seven known leaks from nature, four of them from Chinese um, laboratories before the Wuhan Institute had even been built, because there was another outbreak of SARS-CoV in China in 2003-04. It was very... um, Uh, dangerous. It killed about 10% of people, but because it was so virulent, it was easily spotted, easily stopped relatively. We never had a spontaneous case in the U.S. There were 8,000 worldwide with 800 deaths, as best anybody can count. But during those 2003, 2004 years that that was going on, labs in the U.S. and China quickly were able to get the virus's complete DNA And um, the Chinese were actively working with it, and they had four accidental leaks of variations of SARS-CoV pandemic viruses, and they controlled each one. There might have been four or five total deaths around them. Taiwan had a leak, Hong Kong or Singapore, which had a leak. Um, And uh, very probably that first thing was a leak. But if it was not, let's say it was spontaneous, then we got one spontaneous release, and then we have seven leaks. No. Well, I so, don't understand why they even want to work in that. I mean, I know it's research, but the whole thing was so clearly, uh, what's the word, unethical. Well, yeah, it's, against, it's against the uh, constrictions, restrictions on international uh, development and use of biological weapons. What nobody says again is the Wuhan Institute is a biological warfare institute. Um, Anybody at the Wuhan Institute is bound to the Chinese Communist Party and is working with them. The head of the Wuhan Institute is a biological war, is the biological warfare specialist, a woman of the Chinese Communist Party and the PLP, the you know, People's Liberation Army, the PLA. So, I mean, in China, everything is connected. As we're discovering in the U.S., a lot's connected too, because DARPA, which is our military organization, was also funding these Wuhan Chinese experiments along with uh, Fauci funding it and sometimes other organizations funding these things. Right. Well, Um, that is the really good thing about what's happened over the last two years is People like you who are already very smart and knowledgeable and great at research have been able to uncover these things so that we can really go into and really get a very clear view of what's happening to us individually. I mean, for me and and a lot of my listeners, you know, follow um, natural medicine and we have known these a lot of different things that have been going on that averse to our health for a long time. And that we really are joining forces. There's so many different people from so many different areas and, you know, um, things that, you know, from different, you know, types of of workers and academics that we already, we need to understand how serious this is and so that we can fight back effectively. So in that sense, what would you say that as for an individual, what would be the most effective thing to do to be fighting for liberty now? 
Well, inform yourself. Understand that there is a new world order. If you read our, our book, by the way, I don't think we said where you can get it. You can get COVID-19 and the Global Predators on Amazon, on any of the major bookstores online. You can also get a very inexpensive um, electronic version of it so that anybody can afford the book. And you can get it at a, if you're in the United States, not in Canada anymore, unfortunately, but in the United States, you can get a discount, buy it at a discount on our specialized website, dedicated website just for the book, which is wearethepray.com. Wearethepray.com. In the U.S. Uh, only. Yeah, in the U.S. Okay. Uh, but also in the U.S., if you want to go through uh, the usual sources, you can get it from on Amazon or any of those places. So it's no sold. bookstores? No brick-and-mortar bookstores are selling um, it? Well, no, Barnes & Noble will sell it, but I doubt if they're going to carry it for the public to see. All right. See, so that's so important for people to understand that you actually have to order this book. You can't walk into your local bookstore and buy it. And yet this is the most important book I feel because I've read a lot of books and they're all great, you know, wonderful books. But this one to me stands out because it's so detailed. But yeah. isn't it extraordinary that we're so we care so much about all the COVID-19 and, and the masks and the vaccines and, blah, 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 and we're so misinformed, but a book that will really inform you is censored. So maybe we should talk a little bit about censorship. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, it, it's um, the censorship is so deep in this country that unless you are but in, right involved in it, you don't even know it's existing because it's censored. So, I mean, it's this terrible irony. Yeah. But if you think back, I, I knew that we were really entering a new horrendous era when Donald Trump, whatever you think of him, when Donald Trump, the president of the United States, in the middle of his campaign for his uh, second term, is taken down off of every major tech company's right. platform yes very clear. and then when he tries to set up a new one and to promote it two or three of the tech companies gang up on it and destroy it right and when i saw that that um that even you know that twitter was taking them down and facebook was taking them down and everybody was going after him even some of the smaller groups chimed in when i saw that i thought to myself if there's no uproar from the major media about this, uh -huh. they are totally in cahoots with destroying America's democracy, constitutional democracy. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, fixing the election after that should have been no surprise to anybody because that was a severe election fixing process in right. itself. So exactly. why would you doubt that the next thing would be to use the, um, uh, uh, you know, the machines or whatever else they could get their hands on to right. to uh, uh, to fix the election. So uh, once that censorship occurred, I realized Pete, they'll be censoring you soon. They have now proven when there was no outcry within 48 hours. Um, there was some around the world, but it never got publicized in the U.S. Um, when censorship is that deep, we, we now are at running toward the end of democracy. I right. didn't anticipate they'd fix the election outright, but I should have guessed it at that point, that that 
that that would be another inevitable um, result of, of being able to crush the communication of the president of the United States with the citizens of the United States. Yeah, people were really triggered. And yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing that we could take, you know, quite a bit of time to discuss. Yeah, we um, got taken, I'll tell you something funny. We, we got taken, we got threatened by and, and given temporary uh, shutdowns by um, YouTube. And, right. it, and interestingly enough, it was over a mix. One of them was an interview I did with somebody who wrote a book critical of antidepressants. But the other warnings were about my COVID-19. So I was very proud to still be being gone after as the conscience of psychiatry, as well as being involved with uh, many, many good people in the COVID. So um, I decided that with Ginger that, all right, we, we can't put up anything for 90 days. That's, that's the latest restriction. Let's wait. And when we have the book out, then I want to announce in a video as our only thing we put up, the first thing we put up, announce the book, because I think it's our last and only chance then to speak about the book. And we thought about, well, is that being paranoid? Are they going to be that much on top of us? So we did the video. We put the video up describing the book, a short 15-minute video, and they took us down completely and permanently within 45 minutes. No kidding. Isn't that breathtaking? Wow. Isn't that, you know, well, oh my gosh. I just, well, I guess the only thing that we can say is get this book, become informed. Um, this no, is this so important. Yeah. You can, by the way, we, we are doing very well on our new website, which is uh, up on um, um, Brighteon, Brighteon, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N dot, yeah. dot org. And I have a radio show, Ginger produces it, a TV show, excuse me, TV radio show. It's real TV. And it's on brighteon.tv. And you, you get can, that on a regular like Roku or? Uh, and you can get it on Roku. That was my YouTube? next statement. So it's a name. <laughs> you, <do. laughs> you can get it on uh, Roku. So it's real TV. Right. Any, that's anybody great. in the world can, if they don't have Roku TV, it's built into our TV, for example. Roku's built right into it. But you can go and for 25 bucks, I think you get something that will give you Roku TV on your TV. And it's just got a lot of wonderful stuff on. In fact, uh, Mike Lindell's uh, TV is also on Roku, and that's another great source of information. And I go on there as a guest uh, quite frequently. How do you spell his last name? Mike Lindell, the pillow man. Oh, right, the pillow man, right. Mike Lindell, okay. Okay, terrific. Oh, I have so many more questions, but I think our time is up. And I just want to thank you so much, um, not just for this book, but for all the books that you've written mm. and given people hope that there actually is a different way to see the world and that we need to create it now ourselves and, you know, guided by people yeah. like you and um, people can That's, start yeah. with understanding, with actually just getting this book. You know, there's just so many things in it that will lead you to the next thing and to understand yourself, your individual self, as well as the political arena uh, more deeply. Yeah, we the last third of the book is uh, about 
reclaiming ourselves as people and what we need to do in order to do that. Right. And I love I all think, these takeaways. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be useful for very much for people who are in, into natural medicine, into good nutrition. Exactly. Um, because uh, it's the um, global predators who are preventing that through not through a combination of the health empire where they don't teach nutrition that's right. Uh, in med school. So that's where it interdigitates. So there's a whole series of empires. And by looking at the health empire, as we do, you'll get a sense of all of the empires and, and just how much they can control things. Why, why people don't eat well. Yeah. And that does go back to the Flexner Report of 1910, when Roosevelt and Carnegie uh, went to all the medical schools. And basically, that's what the dictate was for that's why people don't know how to take care of their bodies because natural medicine, there were so many different types of doctors of natural medicine. Um, they were just um, they were unable to practice. That's Thank you really for reminding me about the Flexner report. I want to, I'm going to look into that again. I knew about that, but of course, when I was going to med school, I didn't think there was anything wrong with exactly. Them. My, uh, you're proud see. that yeah. they, everything else had been wiped out. So this oh, is really a continuation uh, of that with what's going yeah. on with Gates. I'll give you a funny anecdote. Can we can we play at the end a little bit? Yeah, please, please, please. Uh, I spent um, before Ginger all alone, pretty much by myself. I organized an international campaign to stop the return of lobotomy and psychosurgery. Oh, nice. And I took on the lobotomists and I did. I actually I worked with the women's groups. I worked with them, the Black Caucus because they were making racist uh, implications about you know how, how good it would be to operate on black ghetto rioters. And they were operating on some black children. So I got to you know talk to the Black Caucus and I worked with the conservatives because they thought it was immoral to tamper with the brain and mutilate the brain in that way. But um, the, um, the leading anti-chiropractic person in the world, in the, who people didn't know his name, he was the leading um, anti-quack um, doctor in the world for the right. AMA, he was head of their anti-quack committee, was one of the most vicious psychosurgeons in the world, a man oh, named wow. Ballantyne, H.T. Ballantyne. I actually was in two lawsuits against him, but we couldn't win against such a big figure in his home, home area of Boston. Right. But the lawsuits and the drug, the company, insurance company dropped him and he had to stop. Oh, but I used to joke that the, um, the head of, uh, of the AMA's anti-quack committee didn't crack bones. He mutilated brains. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Correct. Didn't Very crack well joints, said. maybe it would have been better. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. And, uh, um, my, this is my, all relevant and timely. Yes, it is. Thank you so much. Give my best regards to Ginger, and um, I'll send you a copy of my book. Uh, please. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I really encourage people. I can't say it enough. I think that read read a lot. Um, I just think this book is extraordinary, and I just thank you both for that. No, thank you. And thank you for 
reminding me in the world of the work I did so many decades ago. Oh, you're just, you were my mentor, you know, you were, oh my God. You, I don't know if it's mentor so much as just the inspiration to do the work that I've been doing over the yeah. last 35 years. And I really say that you really, um, yeah, you just, uh, your books are, and your heart, your heart is so big and your knowledge is so vast. So thanks again. Thank you. Where are you located? I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, lots of luck. Well, folks, I mean, <laughs> this, this woman is a breath of fresh air in L.A. If you're in L.A. and you are lonely and miserable because of all the creepy people around you, <laughs> and who, give Heather a call. Yeah, right. Thank you, Well, I'm trying to do that with this podcast. It started it a couple of years ago. January 2020. Um, and that's a whole, you know, I just really got people like Stephanie Seneff and Paul Alexander and Brian Hooker and all these people. Oh, my who have friends. Such, yeah. yeah, your friends. Yeah. Well, Paul is doing such extraordinary work on the convoys right now. Yes. He's another that just. Um, he gave the book a fabulous endorsement. Yes, I saw that. I should. Yes, I'll actually going to print that too. Yeah. I just think he's an extraordinary human he being. Is. He's and and just, a dear, dear man. Yeah, and I interviewed him like, you know, what was it, eight months ago. And now so look what he's done is standing up in Canada and United States. So there's lots of us going forward. We're going to make this world great. And thank you so much for your part. And thank you for yours. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, wasn't that incredible? But I do miss Ginger. Uh, are we going to be hearing from her sometime? Oh, absolutely. She's going to come on. I think it's the end of May. We've got lots of people coming. Oh my gosh, um, there's Rabbi Michael Green, there's Leslie Manukian. Um, next week is Seabury and Terry. They are folk singers. You are not going to want to miss that one either because they've written all these songs about COVID. Uh, there's Walt Heyer about uh, gender dysphoria. Uh, there's Dr. Joe Pizzorno and there's just lots of people. So just make sure that you check out who's coming. And I sure hope you enjoyed this one because I just think this guy is amazing. Remember, it's easiest to go to buzzsprout.com to see all the last, what is it, 56 episodes. And you will see what's coming up. And you can see that I have now a Patreon button. So if you'd like to become a member, and you'd like to subscribe as a member on Patreon, uh, then you will get more information, more interviews, special things that I'm working on to get to those Patreon members. And I just thank you so much for supporting the work. Okay, take care, everyone. See you next week.